All right, let's take our Bibles to the little book of Jude, and uh, this Sunday we're going to try to finish this book. We've been going verse by verse through next to the last book in the Bible for a good while, and what a commentary on our day in which we live. And yet, with all of the bad news, you know, the book of Jude ends with good news. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad that that can be true about your life. That's certainly true about human history. Human history has taken so many terrible turns, and it's going to take a few more turns worse than what mankind has ever seen. But at the end of the day, There is something great and something positive that God has planned. And I'm thankful that we can put our eyes upon those things. We'll start reading again in verse number 20 of the book of Jude. The Bible said, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Amen. I'm looking at verse number 24 this morning in the text where it says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. With all that we have read and seen in the book of Jude, aren't you glad that he ends the book in verse 24 Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. That is such an important phrase. With all the doom and gloom that people have in their lives and in life in general, and today we need to concentrate on the ability of our God. Now, it doesn't say that God is going to keep everybody from falling because you need to have a part in that, you see. If you're determined to jump off the ledge, you can't blame God for that. But our text says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Aren't you glad for the ability of God? You know, sometimes I think that we give the devil too much credit about how much power he has. The devil, sure, Satan surely is able to destroy people's lives. You just have to look around. He is, he is more than victorious in people's hearts and people's minds and society. But the ability of the devil, the devil can ruin a life, but he can't save a life. You know, it doesn't take as much power to ruin somebody as it does to change somebody that's already been ruined. <laughs> we have a God that is able. We, have a, we know how powerful sin is. Sin has the ability to take innocent, clean people in here and to make you filthy. Sin's powerful. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. 
sin has such an ability if you let it take charge of your life that your whole life will be something you never dreamed it would be. Sin has great power and an ability to bring somebody to depths that they'd never dreamed about. But whatever sin is able to do, the Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God's got much more ability than what sin has the ability to ruin you. God has the ability to cleanse you. And so I think sometimes as we look at our age and we look at our perilous time, you said, oh, what a powerful, destructive time we live in. What power that the adversary has in this society has the ability to ruin young people and ruin marriages and ruin homes and ruin everything in society is being ruined. What power, what ability. But God has a greater ability than the times that we live in. God says this, though you live in perilous times, I am able to keep you from falling. No matter how bad it gets. No matter how many casualties you see. No matter what the politics of your nation. You know, and I've said this before. I'm telling you guys, if Christianity can only work in a free society or in America, it's not real. This Bible will work anywhere. The life of Jesus Christ will work anywhere, even in a society where people are being oppressed. Even in a society where people are not free. That's why these flags hang there. And so God has a bigger ability than any world power, any nation power, any communist power, any devilish power. He wants us to remember as we look around of the ability of our God. You know, we, we live in an era where Christians are very weak. And churches are weak. But do not mistake the weakness of Christian people or churches for the weakness of your God. He is still able. He's still the same God that he's always been. You know, we have a hymn in our book that says, um, Mighty men around us falling, courage almost gone. And I'm telling you, what, what, what happens many times in all of our lives, all of us, all of us, We concentrate on the weakness of others or we concentrate on our own weakness instead of concentrating on the ability of our God. Now unto him that is able. How many times have I tried to talk to somebody from the Bible about their problem and they're just not convinced that God is able to meet their needs? How many times have I spoken to a sinner about the need to be saved and they don't even think God has the ability to save them? I wonder this morning, do you believe that God is able to keep you from falling? Do you believe that God is able to meet the need of your heart? Would you hold your finger? We'll be right back here, but would you go? Because I I think we have to read these verses, not just me quote them. Get Ephesians chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 
in a day of apostasy, what do we need to preach? We need to be reminded that God's able. We used to sing that when I was a little boy. He's able, he's able, I know he's able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He healed the brokenhearted and he set the captive free. He made the lame to walk again and he caused the blind to see. If I really believe that, then why is God seemingly so small in my life? Is he able to keep you from falling? The Word of God tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, you should know the verse, should be something every Christian should memorize. Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible said in verse number 20, Now unto him that is able. Pray to that, just no hope, there's no use. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. There is a greater power than your sin. There is a greater power than this society that we live in. And that power wants to work in you. But you've got to believe that you have a God that is able to help you. He that doubted, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. James chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I love this verse as well. I, I need, we all need to get this verse memorized, though it's usually not on the, on the top 10 verses, you know, for Christians to memorize. Nevertheless, I think it should be up there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8, the Bible said, And God is able. How many times does he have to say that? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Watch it. That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now tell me why God doesn't have the power to help you. You say, well, my finances, well, my family situation, well, my circumstances, well, my health, well... That book just said God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Giving you all sufficiency in all things. Maybe maybe we need to ask the Lord to strengthen our faith and renew our confidence in God. You know what happens in the day of apostasy? We start losing confidence in God. You know why? Because we put confidence in people and then they let us down. Are you listening to me? We, let conf- we put confidence in a movement. Or we put confidence in a thing instead of putting confidence in God. We even put confidence in religion. We'll put confidence in our family. We'll c- put confidence in things that how we think it ought to be or how, how others have told us it should be. But our confidence should be in God. Somebody may have let you down and you may have been disappointed and your life uh, may seem to be in pieces, but do not let that get your eyes off of God who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. You know, we need renewed confidence in God concerning ourselves. There's, there's a great verse in the Bible where the Apostle Paul said, said to people that I, I don't think I could have confidence in. I, I don't think I would have had very much confidence in the Corinthian believers because I've read the book. Matter of fact, most of you would have a problem going to church there. 
Somebody say amen to that right there. If you lived in Corinth, you'd have you'd probably have. But that was the place where God was. You know what Paul said to those Corinthians that had all those problems and sin in their lives? He said, I have confidence in the Lord touching you. As mixed up as you are, I've got confidence that God can still do something in your life. Because I believe he's able. Now, he'll need your cooperation. He's not going to force himself in your life. But can you have confidence in God's ability for yourself? Can you have confidence in God's ability for your children, for your family? There's some people today throwing up their hands up in the air and said, you know, there's just no use. You can't, you can't even save kids from, you can't even protect families in this apostate generation. And Jude said, no, no, unto him that's able to keep you from falling. Yeah, but I, I, I know this circumstance. No, 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 but our eyes are on God. God still has the ability to do that. And we can't lose confidence in him just because the devil has got victory after victory after victory in other people's lives. And, and, and that, that's true about you. You know, the devil has gotten some victories in, in some of your lives. That, I mean, serious victory. You know what you'd be tempted to do? Well, okay, God can't help me. That's, that's not true. You may have crashed and burned before, but God can pick up the pieces. Maybe all the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Humpty Dumpty together again. But God can put your life back together. Preacher, there's no hope. Look at all the pieces. God is able. He's able to do more than you can even think He can do. How about the ability of God to help the church? Oh, is the church not in a perilous situation today? I get all the time people ask me about... You know, such and such church need a pastor. And this church is down to, you know, 15 people. And they, they can't survive. And this church closes the doors. And this church sold out and, and, and gave the building away. And, and uh, Lord, the powerlessness of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this church changing. And, and this church letting down uh, and changing their doctrine. Changing their lifestyle. But it doesn't matter how much church changes. God's ability is still the same. And we have to renew our confidence in that. Do you see why this book ends this way? If you're not careful, you will go through your life and all you'll think about today is what you're hearing on Fox News or out of Washington, D.C. or in somebody's home that's destroyed. And all you can think about is being consumed with the power of the devil instead of being consumed with the power of God. You say, well, where is the power? Well, it's the same power that took Pharaoh's chariots and just destroyed them. It's the same God that had the ability to destroy all of Egypt. And those little slaves, those Israelites had no power to do anything. God says, that's all right. I'll just have a man hold up a staff. I don't even need your help. Moses, just hold up your staff. I don't need you to give a big lecture. I don't even need you to go in there and preach. Just hold up that rod. I've got the ability to do what needs to be done here. Well, well, here they come after us. And yeah, yeah, but the same God that got you out of Egypt can get you across the Red Sea. I don't see how it can happen. Hold up the stick. 
the ability, if God can part the Red Sea, what can he not do for you? What are you why are we so convinced that he can't help us? And the same God had been in part the Red Sea, bring it back together. You said, preacher, you know, inflation is pretty rough. I, I get it. As they say in the world, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. But God has the ability to feed millions of people in the wilderness without a supermarket or a bread oven. He just rains bread down from heaven. Is that just a story or is that your God? Does he have the ability to feed you? I read that this morning. God's not going to let the righteous famish. He's going to take care of you. He's got, God's not up in heaven. To, oh, how, how, Now, if you've got a bunch of stupid bills that you went in debt for now, don't, don't blame that on God. But God can feed you. He can feed you. Well, I just, it's just so bad. It's so bad. Instead of looking up and saying, God, Amen. You, you, you brought water out of a rock. I believe that you've got enough for me. I believe you're able. You're able. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. So with all the craziness in the world, I'm going to look up to heaven and know that if you can protect those children of Israel from all those ten-foot men... Talking about giants in the land... And yeah, all of them but two came back and said, Oh, we just can't do it. That's a picture of our modern day Christianity. We just, we just can't do it. Look at all the giants. No, don't look at the giant. Look at the one, amen, that makes the giant look like a grasshopper. They were looking at themselves as grasshoppers in the sight of the giants instead of looking at God. They were looking at their they were looking at their ability instead of God's. You know, probably God will do us a favor if he will bring us to the end of our own ability so that we would start trusting in the ability of God. Do I need to say that again? If God could bring us to the end of ourselves to quit trusting in us to be able to make it right and start trusting in Him to make it right. I mean, we, we blame the religious world about that. They try to work for their own salvation. You try to work for your salvation, you'll go to hell. You don't have the ability. And I, I, want, I want to submit to all of us as God's people, if you're saved by the grace of God, you do not have the ability to keep yourself from falling. But God does. <laughs> Your story and my story is going to be just like a thousand other catastrophes you've heard unless God keeps us from falling. We don't have the ability to do that. You know that book says the ability which God giveth. That's a phrase in the Bible. I prayed this morning. I said, Lord, help me to preach. I don't have any ability, but you, you, if you give it, it'll, it'll work. Amen. It'll work. Now unto him that is able. Would you go back to our text now? We've got a couple more phrases. Will you please renew your confidence in God? 
Faith is the victory, guys. So I don't see it. Yeah. They didn't see that Red Sea parting before it did either. They couldn't see a way out of Egypt either. God was not even sweating in heaven about how to do that. I love the part where he came down and he looked through the cloud at the Egyptians, just looked at them, and all the wheels of the chariots came off. (laughs) Just looked at them. That's my God. I got a big God. I'm nothing. Amen. And that's all that any of us will ever be, but we have a God that is able. And just because it hadn't worked out like you think it should have worked out doesn't mean he's not still able. Verse 24, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able, now that I'm looking at this next phrase, to keep you from falling. Well, that's an important phrase. God's not only able to provide for us, but he's able to keep us from falling. This whole book has been about people that are falling. People that are falling into apostasy. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says that there's going to come a, a great falling away. You see that. God is able to keep you from falling. Jesus prophesied about that in this way. He said, I'll read it to you in Luke chapter 8, verse 13. They, are, they on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root which for a while believe but in time of temptation fall away. He said, if you don't have any roots, when, when the winds blow and the temptations come, you're going to fall away. Because you, you, you weren't rooted and grounded. You know who the root is? The root and offspring of David. Your root, the root is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power and the ability to put stability and roots in your life and to ground you in the faith. And when the temptation comes and when it blows You're not going to fall away. But if you've built your relationship or your life on religion, you are going to fall. You're going to be blown away like in California. They're getting to be blown away by the hurricane. Because religion can't keep you from falling. I said religion can't keep you from falling. And your mom and dad can't keep you from falling. And your pastor can't keep you from falling. And your husband and your wife cannot keep you from falling. Your church cannot keep you from falling. But God is able to keep you from falling. When anybody falls, they cannot blame God because He had the power to keep them from that fall. The Bible says the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from all evil. We know God keeps our salvation. We that have been born again, we're not going to lose our salvation because God keeps it. We don't keep it. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, the Bible says. But God's not only able to keep me from falling from salvation, God is able to keep me from falling into sin. Look at look at second or first Corinthians chapter ten. Every one of us have the same temptations. You know that? And we're all made out of the same stuff. 
Well, maybe a little bit different stuff. You guys are made out of dirt. The ladies, that y'all are made out of a rib. But I wouldn't get too happy about that. Oliver B. Green said, <laughs> should I say this? Yeah, I should because he said it. Amen. You don't even have preaching like that. I heard him say this. He said, if, he said, how many of you ladies raise your hand know that you're made out of secondhand material? <laughs> I can't believe it. He just preaching, man. You know what the fact is? All of us, we're not made out of very much. There's not enough in us that consists of anything that is strong enough. We're all made out of the same thing. We're all made out of flesh, and we all are given in to the same sins and temptations. Just because you haven't been, you haven't given in to the sin of your neighbor doesn't mean you're not capable of it. Because you're made out of the same material. That makes sense. We say, well, that's scary. No, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Bible says in verse number 12, very important. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he what? Now remember, who's able to keep us from falling? God, the Lord is. But there are some people that think they can keep their self from falling. Do you see that? And he said, him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. In other words, pride, pride is going to cause a lot of people to fall. Because they're not trusting in the ability of God to keep them from falling. They, they think in their own pride they can keep themselves from falling. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. He says, wherefore let him that thinketh he stand take he lest he fall. Verse 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. We're all made out of the same stuff. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. He can keep us from falling into sin. Why do people fall into sin? Because they do not take the escape route that God gives them. He's able to get them out of that. You know, any sin that you're struggling with, God has the ability to keep you from falling into that sin. But you have got to cooperate with Him. Right there's a temptation. God's got a door that says, This way. And if you don't take that route and you go on headlong and fall in that sin, guess what? The able God that can keep you from falling, you just ignored the help. He said, what about drug addicts? And what about all these sins people get addicted to? God's able to keep you from falling into sin. He can keep you out of trouble. He can keep you in a pure life. He can do that. You can't do that for yourself. By the way, that pride, that pride that makes most people fall, by the way, right now I'm preaching, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You are so eat up with pride, you're all, you've already fallen, you just don't know it. You've fallen in such a ditch, you don't even know it. 
Pride is the biggest trap and snare and fall. And, and, and God tells us that, that that haughty spirit comes before a fall. I mean, that fall is coming. If the haughty spirit's there, that fall is coming. If pride is there, it's going to come. If you think you stand, okay, here comes the fall. If you think that, that, that you're better, you think you're, you've got the power not to go down that road, here comes the fall. But God's able to keep you from falling. But you, we've got to get to Him and humble ourselves. God can't keep a proud man from falling. He can keep a humble man from falling. How does that demonstrate itself? You know, you can always tell who's proud because when they get corrected, they don't like it. Now, this is Sunday morning. Y'all help me preach. I don't, I don't want to run a rabbit here, but I will. I'm talking about keeping you from falling. But if you're, if you're proud, God can't help you. A proud person always wants their way. God can't help you. You better get to God and humble yourself. The safe place from falling is on your knees before God saying it doesn't have to be my way and whatever you want to correct is fine and I'm not better than other people. I need you and I do not have the power to keep myself from falling. Help me, God. Now unto him that's able to keep you from falling. Falling into sin. Look at First First Timothy chapter three. This fall is really, really dangerous. Falling into the devil's trap and the devil's judgment. First Timothy chapter three. The Bible says in First Timothy three and verse number seven. Moreover, he must have a good. Excuse me, verse number 6. Look at verse number 6. 1 Timothy 3, 6. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride. There it is again, guys. He what? Guys. He's able to keep us from falling, but not if we're proud. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. 7. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he what? Fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 25. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. God has the power to get someone out of the snare of the devil. But there'll have to be meekness involved. There'll have to be repentance involved. There'll have to be humility involved. Look at Second Peter chapter 3. I'm trying to show you, you can fall into the snare of the devil. You can fall into sin. You can fall into apostasy. Guys, there are so many different things that you can fall into. God has the power to keep us from all of it, but we, we better learn the lessons. He says in Second Peter chapter 3, 
In verse number 17, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Sometimes the fall is... Sometimes the fall is not even into sin. It's just falling from your steadfastness. Falling from the relationship and the fellowship you used to have with God. Is anybody listening to me this morning? It can be falling away from that zeal and passion that you used to have for God. There are all types of falls. And God says, I can keep you from falling. I can keep you steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. I can make you grow in grace and in the knowledge of of, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you, you have got to come to me and have confidence in me and trust me. He said to the Ephesian church in Revelation chapter 2, he said, remember, thence from where wherewith you've fallen. See, they, they fell from from their first love. They, they fell from a close relationship to God to a, a mediocre relationship with God. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I don't want you to fall. You said, preacher, too late. I've already done it. Well, then read Psalm 37 and Proverbs 24. <laughs> the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way, though he fall. He shall not utterly be cast down. And a just man, if he falls seven times, God's going to be there to help him get up and restore him. He's able. If you've fallen before, you don't have to fall again. You you know what's sad to watch when people fall? They just get in a free fall. You know what a free fall is? They They fall from one thing to another and they just keep falling. If you face planted, amen, get to God and don't do it again. He's able to keep you from falling. You'd think we as, we as uh, you know, intelligent creatures would learn from our falls. I, I've, I've watched people fall the same things. How many times you ought to get hurt to know this is not the way for me to go? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. I go back to our text. And then the next thing. And to present you. So we see the ability of our God. We see the keeping from the fall. And then it says, and to present you. Faultless. Wow. Before the presence of his glory. God is not only able to keep me from falling, He is able to one day present me faultless. What a God. Guys, they, everybody in here, amen. And if we don't know it about each other, our wives or our husbands, our kids know it about it, every one of us have a fault, don't we? We all have faults. Here's what the Lord says. I'm able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless. You mean in this world? You mean this life? God says, when I get you up there, I'm going to have the ability to present you faultless. In the presence of... You know what they said about Jesus? You know what Pilate said about Jesus? I 
find in him no fault at all. I don't find one thing wrong with this guy. I don't know why you're trying to kill him. There is not one fault to be found in him. If you're saved by the marvelous grace of God and have been born in the family of God and Christ lives in you, the hope of glory, one day, amen, we're going to be gathered around the throne of God and the Lord's going to say, look here, don't have a, I don't see a fault at all. Faultless. I'll be standing just like Jesus in the presence of God, faultless. So how's that going to happen? The power of God, not only to save me, but to change me into something that is faultless before His presence. Now, there's more than one presentation after we leave this world to save people. One is in Ephesians 5. The Bible talks about, that, about, about the Lord and His church, the washing of His church, and it said that He would present them holy and without blemish and without fault. He's going to do that. But Colossians chapter 1 talks about another presentation. And Paul said that I want to present every man perfect in Jesus Christ. But he said if, he said if, you'll stay rooted and grounded in the Word of God. In other words, before that faultless presentation, if we have not done what God's wanted us to do and trusted Him and let Him cleanse us and stayed true to His Word, then there's going to be some shame and there's going to be much fault to have of a life that was not lived for the Master because the book says that to our Master we really stand or fall. In other words, my whole life is based upon what Jesus thinks about it. And though my Lord is going to present me faultless before the Father one day, one day I'm going to stand before Him and there's going to be a review of my life. I wonder what kind of presentation. There's an unconditional presentation. And then there's a conditional presentation. But I want to get to the last thing and we'll be done this morning. Would you look at... Look at our verse in verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, last three words, with exceeding joy. I see the ability of my God. I see the keeping from a fall. I see the presentation before the presence of his glory. And then I see the exceeding joy. Can I say to you, as he ends this chapter with, with joy, you know what we find in our apostate, wicked day that we live in? People, even when they sin with both hands, don't have any joy. Doesn't matter how many parties they have, doesn't matter how many bars they visit, doesn't matter how many partners they switch out. Still no joy. Doesn't matter how much dope they smoke. Doesn't matter how many vices. Doesn't matter how selfish their life. Doesn't matter how many hobbies and habits they have. Everything at the end of the day comes up hollow. 
I'm not, I just saw a headline. I don't, are they striking out in Hollywood? Are they on strike or something? I saw a headline there or something. You know, that is, that's almost hilarious. People get paid big money to write fake stories. But they're not satisfied with the money they get. Guys, do you not see that? Here's the big movie star, and they marry this one that's so beautiful and so perfect, and get what? Well, all right, nope, that didn't work. Let's get another one. Let's get... Because it doesn't satisfy. There's still no joy there. There may be seasonal pleasure, but there's no exceeding joy. God says this, it doesn't matter how bad it gets out there, God has exceeding joy for our life. Not just joy, but exceeding joy. If it exceeds joy, that means it's pretty high. I mean, joy's up there where people are trying to grab and they can't get to. And God says, I've got exceeding joy. I've got stuff that goes above joy. You know, I looked in the Bible. You know, I think that's only in the Bible about four times, exceeding joy. I was shocked where I found it. The first time I found it was those wise men. Wise men always, some way, come around to finding the joy. Fools never do find joy. Those wise men, the Bible says, when they saw the star, they had exceeding joy. Woo! We didn't find what we were looking for uh, with Herod, and it's been a long trip, but woohoo! Look at that star! We saw the star! Exceeding, boy, I mean, they were just shouting. I don't know if they were riding camels or what they did. Whoa, hallelujah, glory be to God. Look at the star and it's still moving. Wherever it goes, we're going to go. Made the trip joyful. Exceeding joyful. You know, when we're not looking, looking toward that, that day star, looking toward the Lord Jesus Christ and following His path. No wonder we don't have any joy in our life. And then I found it another place. Paul talked about his tribulation, he said, with exceeding joy in 2 Corinthians 7, 4. He said he had tribulation. Exceeding joy. And then I read over there in 1 Peter. I just read it in your hearing. Beloved, think it not strange. I can't read that without hearing Earl Hughes' voice in my head. <laughs> Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. So some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. Inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Now listen. That when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. He said, you just keep your eyes on the Lord and you've got all these fiery trials and you've got these sufferings and you've got all these things going on in your life in a wicked day. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep loving the Lord. Just rejoice on credit. Be glad in the Lord because I'm going to tell you, when you see His glory, you will have exceeding joy in your heart. And you'll look back and you'll say, I don't regret a mile. 
that I've ever traveled for my Lord. Exceeding joy in the presence of God. But would you go to, will you give me four more minutes? Psalm 43. I got to read this one. He says he's able to present you faultless for the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He said in, in Psalm 43 in verse number 4, he said, Then will I go into the altar of God, unto God my exceeding joy. <laughs> yea, upon the heart will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He says, I tell you what my exceeding joy is. God, you are. And I tell you what, I really believe this. If, if God Almighty was our exceeding joy, we'd always have it. But if my job or my family or my health or my hobby or X, Y, Z, if that's what I get joy out of, I'm going to be disappointed. But if God is my exceeding joy, if you got up this morning talking to him, if you go to bed tonight talking to him, if your whole life is about him, he can be your exceeding joy. But to be honest with you, and I'm finished, I don't even think he's talking about our joy. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know everything in this verse is about what the Lord can do. It's the Lord that's going to keep us from falling. It's the Lord that's going to present us faultless before the presence of His glory. And I think He's going to do it with exceeding joy. You know what I believe? I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to have the exceeding joy when we all gather up yonder and we're faultless and we're together with Him. He's the one that's going to be happy. He's the one that's going to have joy. And I remember what He said to His disciples. He said, I want my joy, my joy to remain in you that your joy might be full. You know what ought to make us happy? If he's happy. You know what makes us joyful? When we have his joy. And when his joy is not in our lives, we are of all men most miserable. And when we're not trying, listen, listen, I'm done, I'm done. When we're trying to make ourselves happy instead of Jesus happy, we ain't happy. But when the pursuit of our lives, Lord, I want to bring joy to you. Then that will put the joy in my heart. Do you have the joy, 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 joy down in your heart? You say, preacher, in the middle of apostasy, that's the book. Exceeding.